Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hole in One Show podcast. I am your host, Dave Schultz. We are in the thick of it. We are just under two weeks away from filming season five of the Hole in One Show, and we had our first qualifier yesterday at Maple River Golf Club. And let me tell you, they are there are people out there that want to get on this show. It was so much fun. We had 95 attempts yesterday in three hours. It was just wall to wall. And uh, I'm going to give you a little update on how that qualifier went. But first, update everybody on the show lineup this year for Season 5. And then also, we have uh, three more public qualifiers available and the Fargo Country Club qualifier. So I'm going to share that with you as well. So here's the show rundown for Season 5. The first show is going to be Maple River. They were the home of the show for the first four years. We're moving the show to uh, the seventh hole at the Fargo Country Club, but Maple River will have a featured show. The second show will be Fargo Country Club, and uh, Hole in One's all the time on number seven. So like I've been saying, we need one during the show. The third show, the third episode is going to be the Fargo Open, and we're going to be qualifying for that show at Sweet Shots next Tuesday. Then our fourth show is a Country Club Challenge. Moorhead Country Club has the T. They've won two straight years. And we're still looking for another country club. I thought, you know, Grant Fork step up. We might have to go back to Oxbow. But Moorhead Country Club is undefeated so far. Then the fifth show is the Junior Championship. And then the sixth show is the Leonard North Dakota Nine Hole. We're going to qualify there next Thursday. The seventh show is the Veterans Golf Association. Eric Kluckman is bringing a group from the Veterans Golf Association. A different member of every branch of the military is going to be on the show. That's going to be fantastic. And... Uh, Going out to Riverwood in Bismarck, they're going to have the eighth show, and then the ninth show is the Season 5 Championship. Now, like I said, we've moved the show to the seventh hole at the Fargo Country Club, and I don't know if it's that or just being fifth, uh, the fifth season of the show. We had a lot of people at the qualifier yesterday. It was high intensity. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they had the three-person best ball at Maple River, the, the annual you know Labor Day three-person best ball. There were a ton of people on property. And uh, it was fun. We had three guys uh, come from, uh, now at each location, the closest junior shot gets on the junior show. And we had three central cast squirrels. They were there right at the jump. And Jake Thompson, the first shot of the qualifier for the entire season, hit it to 12 feet, two inches, and, uh, and Jake Thompson will be on the junior show. And then we had the closest ladies qualifier, April Barker. She's been on the show before. She knocked it in there to five feet, eight inches. And then the other closest five shots. Now, we had a guy, and we're going to put the picture up here, almost knock it in. It was seven inches from the center of the cup. I mean, this could have gone in in qualifying. Mark Stengram is your number one qualifier with seven inches. Josh Melby, Josh Melby and the last couple of guys st stood up there and knocked Ali Birchie out. He's four feet, ten inches. He's our second qualifier. Then Reed Anderson at eight feet. He's a veteran of the show. Grant Bittner was on the show last year. He qualified again, nine feet, one inch. And Zach Birchie, he's been on the show three times, and he always likes to wait till the end so he knows what he has to beat. And he had to beat 12 feet, nine inches, and he stepped up in his last four shots as the buzzer sounded, and he hit it to 10 feet, five inches. So once again, Zach Birchie will be kicking off season five of the hole-in-one show. Now, Zach is a really good player, and what we want on the hole-in-one show, no offense, we want a hole-in-one. But if not, we need something entertaining. And my buddy delivered in season three. Uh, it was off the hosel. It was off the hosel. And he's the kind of guy that could take it. We had a lot of fun with that. But I think, uh, like I said, going to number seven of the par uh, on the Fargo Country Club, we're going to have some close shots. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun here in season five. Now, if you want to get on the show, here are your qualifying chances. 
This podcast will air on Friday. So the day before this podcast, we will have been out in Bismarck and done the qualifier out in Bismarck. So as of you hear this podcast, there's going to be two more qualifying times. Tuesday, September 12th at Sweet Shots in Fargo from 3 to 6. We'll be on the second level right by the registration desk. Sweet Shots Tuesday, September 12th from 3 to 6. And then the last chance public qualifier is going to be Thursday, September 14th in Leonard. The North Dakota Nine Hole Challenge. It's open to anybody. You don't have to be a member of Leonard. Come on out to Leonard Country Club from 3 to 6 on Thursday, September 14th. Now, Fargo Country Club members, we will advertise this internally. Wednesday, September 13th. Wednesday, September 13th from 3 to 6 on the 19th hole. You will be your chance to qualify for the Fargo Country Club show. And I tell you, it is so much fun doing these qualifiers. People are excited to get on the tee and get their chance to be on TV. And we raise money for charity through the qualifiers. So if you want to come out, the first two shots are free. If you want to take two more shots, you get $20 for two shots, and you can hit until you're happy. Now, we're going to partner with the Dakota Junior Golf Association this year on those qualifying dollars. And we're searching for high schools around the state that uh, you know don't have new golf bags. We want to be able to get these high school teams, these small towns that need some money for golf bags or golf balls. We'd like to donate to those teams and get uh, some nice new swag for those high school golfers. Now, in our second second segment, this is going to be our first transition. It's football season. I played football growing up. Football played a big role in our family. Just love the game. It's so nice having college football on, and now NFL football is going to be on this weekend for the first time. Good buddy of mine, high school football teammate Casey Crumwoody, big Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. I'm a big TC Horn Frogs fan, and let me just tell you, the first week of college football was completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. We went. Uh, we're both zero and one for our for our for our teams, and uh, we lost to Minnesota and we lost to Prime. We lost to Colorado. So we have plenty to discuss in the second segment here, and we're going to do gridiron golf, is what we're going to call it. I, I previewed it last week as Foamy Football Fridays. I mean, we might go get a beer after this, but we're going to change the name to Gridiron Golf. And we'll tell you, take you through. We're going to have like a ranking process. We'll give you each. We'll give you three picks every week, a birdie pick, an eagle pick, and a double eagle pick. And we're just going to have a scorecard. We'll have a scorecard all through the year. And hopefully we can give you some picks to, uh, you know, follow. I'm not encouraging sports betting, but we'll give you some picks. You do with, do with it what you want. But here in this first segment, I would love to welcome in a champion. Gabe Benson just won the Augsburg Invitational. He plays for Concordia, sophomore Concordia, and their head men's golf coach, Nate Kalboff. Uh, fellas, welcome to the Hole in One Show podcast. Thanks for having us. Yep, thank you. So, Nate, I want to start with you. Give me some background with you. You're a second-year head men's golf coach at Concordia. Tell about your background and uh, how did you get to Concordia? Yeah, so I graduated from Concordia in 2019. Okay. Uh, so this is my yeah my second year. Uh, the position came available, and I applied for it, and here I am now, and I love every bit of it. So I played at Concordia for four years, so... I saw what the team needed and what needed to do, and yeah. Okay, so you're seeing it from both directions. Both you were directions. High school, yeah. Manoman, right? Yep, that's right. And so you recruited to play yep. at Concordia. Yep. Now, why did you, why did you choose Concordia? Ah, uh, the really reason was the school itself. Yeah. And the golf team at the time was good as well. So and so I met a few of the guys on the team, and that really just sold me right there. So how long between when you finished school and took over the coaching position, and what were you doing in that time? It was four years almost, and so I. Out of college, I am an IT recruiter still, so okay. I'm part-time coach. But so yeah, I'm an IT recruiter for ProSource out of Fargo here. Okay, and now what? Uh, 
you know, you go out recruiting and you get a guy like this, what are you telling Gabe Benson, hey, why do you got to come to Concordia? Well, he met some of the guys first, too. And he knows a lot of guys on the team already. So that helped a ton. But the school itself, also his parents were Concordia as well. So And his whole, well, your whole family, pretty much, right? Yeah, a lot of us. My, my dad and his, his brothers. So it wasn't too hard to recruit him. Sure, sure. Gabe Benson, welcome to the show, bud. You've been playing some good golf all summer. You're out at the FCC, you're winning the scratch games, and you go right into the... Is this the first term of the year, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you won the first term of the year by four shots with a 66 in the second round. But before we get into the details of the golf tournament, I'll share with everybody uh, watching the pod your background, uh, where you're from, and, and any other details. Uh, I'm from Fargo originally. I've lived in South Fargo my whole life. I went to Davies for four years, um, and then went to Concordia, play golf there. Play golf probably since I was eight or nine. Mm -hmm. Just awesome. You just go out there, be outside with your friends, and play golf. So were you were you guys both started the same year, right? Essentially, yes. Mm -hmm. right. Yep. yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So did Coach Christensen recruit you? Yeah. At the mm -hmm. time. Okay. Yep. Got it. So what's your favorite part about being a cobber? The school is great, but the guys on the team are just awesome. Great to be around. Always have fun. Tell me the tell me the guys on the team. You got Lamp. So yep, Justin Lamp, Sam Hankey. Ryan Jensen, Mason Plant, and then Jace Johnson. We also went to Davies together. Okay. Landon Olson, and then Jay Wanzak, who's a freshman this year. Mm -hmm. And then Jack Hansen, also a freshman this year. And then Mark. That's like, what, nine, 10 guys? 13 guys. 13, 13 guys yeah. on the yeah. team? It's a big team. We'll talk about qualifying. How does a guy even get to the get to the traveling squad? What do you guys do? Yeah, each week we qualify out mostly at Morehead Country Club, but now today we're actually qualifying out at Oxbow. So it's raining, gusting about fifty miles an hour. <laughs> so it should be interesting to see some scores today. But yeah, we usually just do best score goes that week. Usually the best players each week go. Really? Yep. Okay. And then, but last week what we did, uh, we did a stable for it as well. So a point system to. Keep so, it a little interesting, so, so keep okay. the doubles down. Yeah, keep the doubles down. Okay, yep. so, so tell me the thought process behind that. I've never heard of doing a Stableford scoring. For, so, first, first, share with the audience what Stableford scoring is. Yeah, so it's a point system where pars, what we did this year was two points for pars. Okay. Bogies, you still get a point, but for doubles and triples, you would subtract points. Mm -hmm. So you want more points in this. Okay, okay so your is a thought process for doing that and qualifying is it to limit the big numbers? Yeah, or it you, is. Are you it is. Yeah. Okay. So, or are you, or are you encouraging aggressive play to try and make eagles? Uh, no. Keep keep away the doubles because last okay. year our stats with doubles and triples were insane. So we wanted to change that a little bit this year and play a little smarter. What'd you think of that? I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Last year we went. The big thing is just par five scoring, and then you have to eliminate doubles. Like that's that's the best way to play golf. Like everyone makes pars, bogeys, and birdies, but. A you lot get, of times, if you get in trouble, you try and be a hero out of trouble, yeah, and it really mm -hmm. compounds the, the, yeah. the issue, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So are you going to continue to do that? I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, I liked it. The first week we tried it out, and yeah, we'll keep trying that out and just see how it works. Now, we, are, is there any worry that the guys will start playing a little cons too conservative, a little scared maybe? Maybe a little bit. We're going to see, but I, the first week it worked out well, I think. so. Well, you have a winner, right? Yeah, it worked out just fine. Let's yeah. talk about this tournament. You won the tournament right out of the gates by four. I had to feel pretty good. How about the 66 in the second round? Yeah. And the Mayak, Mayak, what, golfer of the of the week? Of the week, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah. it was really good. I thought I played really good the first day and just didn't roll any putts in. And then the next day started kind of slow, missed two of my first three greens. And the guy I was playing with, actually, we tied the first day. And he had the he had birdied two of the first three holes. So I was okay. feeling the guy's kind of behind. And then 
birdied the next four holes after that. Just kind of made made a few birdie putts after that and six under. That's so, good. Yeah, good job. Good. All right, so let's talk about the the process of going from a really good high school player to mm-hmm. winning at the college level. Now, winning at the college level it's, as a sophomore, did you win freshman year? No. So winning as a sophomore, is that's early, right? Yeah. What happened in your game? Because when you go to college to play college golf, it, it's a full-time mm-hmm. job, right? Yeah. So you're fully focused on it, and you have a chance to improve pretty quickly. But what have you seen in your game that's gotten to the point where now you're winning golf tournaments the beginning of your sophomore year? Um, I think in high school, I feel like I worked hard, but I didn't. I go out there and I played a lot of golf, but I didn't really feel like I like practiced a lot of golf. So I okay. play a lot of holes, but I just don't think everything was there. And then really this summer, I feel like I've started to hit the ball a lot better, been hitting a lot of greens, and then that just keeps it pretty consistent. And then you just gotta hope you roll some putts in. Yeah. Now you mentioned this, coach, uh, limiting the big numbers, but from a, a guy to guy, like across the board, what are you seeing that college players can improve on? Definitely, just. When you're in the trees, don't try to be a hero. Yeah. Just get it back to the fairway, hit onto the green, make bogey at worst, and you'll be sitting just fine at the end of the day. So we have tournaments coming up this fall. To talk through your uh, fall schedule and into the spring, and what what are, I mean, obviously you set goals for the year. What are the goals for the year for the Cobbers? Obviously the goal always is to win my axe this year when, with the conference championship, which is this year it's at Rush Creek. Oh, nice. So really nice course. It's going to be Really fun. Uh, Next spring. Yeah. Uh, this fall, actually. Oh, this fall. Yep. The first first weekend in October. Okay. So coming up soon, really right. soon. Do you have any tournaments between now and then? So this weekend, we're going down to the it's the Minnesota Golf Invite. So it's the Beth, Bethel Invite. Okay. And then next Monday, Tuesday, we're in Jamestown. Okay. And then the next week, St. John's Invite. <laughs> Busy. And then the next weekend's a Twin Cities invite, and that's you another three-day. No, not no. Really. <laughs> I want to go back yeah. to school too. That sounds pretty exactly. good. And then it's conference championships, and our sure. season season's done for the fall. Okay. So, and how about the spring? Spring, it's you just never know what we're gonna get. Really, I mean, this last year we had two tournaments. We went straight from the simulator here in Fargo down to just grass that's, in the cities, and that was it. It's tough, right? You just never know what we're going to get. Yeah, so. it was a late spring. Yep. May mm-hmm. 5th, we opened at the club. It, that was that was crummy. Well, you get well, you know, you get the nice golf courses, right? Everything's nice this fall. Perfect. And you're, you're rolling. The game yeah. feels pretty good, obviously. Yeah, it feels good. Okay. Now, how many guys have already qualified for the next tournament? No one. Well, just this guy right here. So if you win, you're in. Yeah, well, abso- absolutely. But yeah. if you finish second, go back to qualify. Pretty much, yeah. Well, that keeps it wide open. It does. Everybody at home, if they don't get the tournament, they're like, well, unless they win, only one guy can be exempt. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, well, that's good. And the team finished third? Yep, team finished third, 12 shots out of first. Are you guys trending? Are you getting better? We are trending, absolutely. Okay. Who are the other guys that travel that first tournament? You got to give them a shout out here on the pod. Uh, Sam Hankey went, Jace Landon, and then Jack went the freshman. Okay. And he had a solid first tournament. Um, and then our two individuals were Sam Grafstrom and who's Ryan, Ryan Jensen. Jensen. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's, what's traveling on the team? Like you guys play cards in the, in the van or what do you do? I mean, when I used to ride around with coach Kennedy high school golf, it was always like some sort of card game. <laughs> we honestly never really have done cards. Mm-hmm. I have to try that mm-hmm. out, but it's just a lot of laughs, a lot of, a lot of stories on the way down yeah. three and a half hour trip down to the cities every week. Play so. a little game in the practice round. Those used to be pretty fun. Try to anyway. Yeah, absolutely. A little competition. Put a little pressure on it. Exactly. All right. I told you we'd bring this up. We have the Ryder Cup coming up. What do you guys think? Uh, obviously, JT was selected. 
and uh, I know you guys follow it. Give me your thoughts on the upcoming Ryder Cup, um, which is just as much fun. I mean, that's the only, for me, I, I mean, this might turn into a football podcast because I just love football season so much, but the one week of like, all right, we're going to talk about golf is the Ryder Cup, right? It, yeah. it is. It feels like a football game, right? And it's, it it's so much fun to watch those, uh, that team competition. What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, well, I hope the U.S. wins. I think they'll win. I think I, they got a good team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was the right choice. I, I like Johnson. the Justin Thomas pick. I do like, too. If you're on Team Europe, who do you not want to play against? Justin Thomas. Yeah, he'd like, be pretty jacked up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So you guys like it? I, I've, I've, we've seen some obviously some comments uh, of those thinking that they should have gone chalk with the guys playing the best. You know, Keegan won in the last what six weeks? That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you For look sure. at the resume, the last six weeks, it's pretty lopsided one direction. But yep. they yep. went with the guy that's got the experience, the guy team guy. Ricky Fowler's playing great. He's playing mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's awesome. your Who's your favorite player on tour? I really like Justin Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you do love the pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you like about JT? He just hits the ball really well, and it's just awesome to it's watch. Lift it's liftoff, man. Whenever he yeah. hits driver, he's off the ground. Uh huh. And then he hits irons, and sh especially his wedges, he just flights him so well, and everything's to like five feet. Yeah. Just okay. Awesome. So did, you grew up at the where'd you grow up playing? I played at Village Green a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that. A lot of the kids these days have grown up on trackmans, and I've, mm -hmm. I've touched on this before on the pod. You know, the art of hitting a flighted shot. You know, what's mm -hmm. your, are you high and just bomb it, or, are you, or do, you, do you hit these different shots to, to flight it? Because your control, if you can control the trajectory, you're controlling the spin and the distance, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously, you'd love to be able to flight the ball whenever. And I like to hit kind of the same shot into every hole just because. I think it's the safest way to play. Like, I'm not good enough to out here draw it into this one and then fade it into this one. It just makes the misses really big. So I like to not try to do a lot. But if there's wind, yeah, I'm going to try to hit a little lower. It's nice to be able to just block out mm -hmm. one half of the golf course. Yeah, yeah. the same shot mm -hmm. the whole time. Yeah. Well, you hit a couple good shots in the club championship. I mean, yeah. honestly, mm -hmm. you had to come up big in the end of our club championship. And the nice thing about the FCC, it's competition, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's competition. Yeah, everyone's really good out there. Right at home. Yeah. It's a good championship test. So, uh, you've, like I've mentioned, you've been playing good all summer. Mm -hmm. Nate, who's your favorite player and why? Well, the crazy thing is it is Ricky Fowler. Okay. I've always been a Ricky fan. I don't know why. Probably just because he plays so freely. He just yeah. he goes out there and... I don't know. He just doesn't really care. He really doesn't. doesn't seem like it anyway. But, no, I've always been a big Ricky fan, and I'm so very happy he's on the Ryder Cup. Team. Yeah, you bet. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. Guys, best of luck the rest of the fall season. Go win that, win that championship. And, uh, Gabe, you know, if you win one, you can win two, right? Yeah. So keep playing well. And uh, that's fantastic, 66 in the second round. And, guys, really appreciate you being on the Hole in One Show podcast. Thanks yep, for thanks coming you. on. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. Best yeah. of luck. Okay, folks, it's time. We're switching gears to football on the next segment of the Hole-in-One Show. It is Gridiron Golf. We'll take you through the scoring, and we'll give you some picks right after this. Any bank can tell you they have a rock-solid commitment to agriculture. Bell can prove it. To this day, every Bell Bank branch is partially built with rocks we've picked from our founder's farm. But our roots in ag have grown more than a few offices. They've shaped who we are and formed our entire approach to banking. Let us prove it to you as you grow your farm and prepare your legacy for the next generation. Bell Bank, committed to ag. Golf to me is patience. It's weird to say, but golf is life. 
It is. It's the ultimate game of life. You know, it's an individual sport. You have to put in a lot of work to get minimally better. That's kind of the beauty of it. You come back to improve. That's why I love golf is just every shot is, is different. That next round, that next shot, you know it could be that start of a story. I don't even want to say a game. It's more than a game. Welcome back, everybody, to the Hole in One Show podcast. It was great to have Gabe Benson and Nate Kalbaugh on the program. Congratulations to Gabe on winning the first tournament this fall in his sophomore campaign at Concordia. Sounds like they're having a lot of fun over there and trending in the right direction for Cobber Men's Golf. Now, this is the first segment of the football season. This is Gridiron Golf. Sports fans, Gridiron Golf, sponsored by Wild CRG Architecture and Construction. And I am joined by one of the partners of Wild CRG, a good buddy of mine, high school football teammate. We grew up together, Casey Crumwoody. Casey, welcome to the Hold of One Show, bud. Thanks, Davey. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun, man. A Wild CRG Architecture and Construction. First, let's lean into that. Uh, tell me your background and, and uh, what's going on at Wild. Yeah, so generally uh, speaking, we're a commercial and probably industrial, I'd classify it, architecture and construction firm. So we do both design and build. Okay. I personally, I'm on the architecture side. I've been there about 18 years. I've uh, been there since college and now a partner with a great group of people. So Good for you. Good for you. So is this is this a busy time of year? Is it pretty steady or... Traditionally, I would say no. Because you're looking, you're, you're studying for football now. Like we have oh, yeah. to allocate some time every yeah, week yeah. to study football. So is this a busy time or a slow time? Traditionally, I would say it is not busy. This year, it's, it's busy. So that's good. I'm carving out spots for football. You always got to do that, right? <laughs> That'll never change. So now, where'd you go to school? So uh, after Fargo South, I went to North Dakota State, mm -hmm. made the jump from South Fargo to North Fargo. Um, kind of knew I wanted to do architecture or engineering. Both programs are solid there. So now you're was, wearing red. You're a big Cornhuskers fan. Have you always been a Cornhuskers fan? As long as I remember. Okay. Yep. Buddy, we did not have we did not have a good first week of the college football season. Ooh. It first started on Thursday with I don't know what Nebraska is really good at losing close games. Dude, another one score games. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, right? Yeah. It's been the MO for five years. That had to be a tough start. Uh, that had to be two turnovers, right? You know, it, it was a fumble and a pick. It was a tough one. And it, for a grown man to <laughs> feel frustration for multiple days after is equal parts sad. Um, but maybe at the same time kind of shows my passion for it. They had four turnovers, four turnovers, four TOs, uh, seven penalties, and just some I text, critical timing. Right? I texted you when it was happening, but after the game silence oh, i had dude. nothing to say i knew there was nothing i could say <laughs> that could help and all i could remember thinking is boy i hope i don't have to live through that on saturday <laughs> and then fast forward to saturday it's prime this it's prime that and i actually I, I love prime i think coach prime is awesome but it was at the at the expense of my horn frogs and i had a feeling they were like a 21 point favorite i had a feeling this did not feel good a lot of changes for TCU, obviously a lot of changes for Colorado. They own the transfer portal. And, you know, TCU, a little hangover after getting the national championship game, which I went to, by the way. Mm. 
the Michigan Fiesta Bowl was a lot more fun than the national championship game. I just uh, I remember not a whole lot of things to cheer about in the national championship game. And at SoFi Stadium, I don't know if you've read reports or whatnot, it was great to be at the national championship, but they lost like 1,000 to zero. And it started raining sideways, and it's an indoor-outdoor deal, and everything got slippery, and people were falling all over the concourse. Oh, it was like completely – it was like an ice rink. So Crazy. those were the uh, memories I remember from the national championship. But, yeah, it was a tough first week for us. Um, what was your big takeaway from week one? We didn't start this until week two because we needed to look at the entire college football landscape. Other than our two big L's, what was your big take from week one? Well, I think I think we're going to learn a lot of, more about both of our respective squads after mm-hmm. week two. Yeah. What I'll say about Nebraska week one, I saw a lot of things defensively that I really liked. Okay. They held a Minnesota team that traditionally carves them apart mm-hmm. running the ball. They held them to 55 rushing yards. Okay, that's good. Which forced Kalikamanis to throw. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I think their strength going into this year was going to be the back seven. They're long, they're rangy, they're big, they're deep. They held him to 22 of 44 for 150 yards, 160 yards. So defensively, I mean, I, I felt good about it. I just think, and you know, we, in the game, you, you can't overcome four turnovers and win. Yeah, you got to take it, care of the ball. You got to take care of the ball. The defense can play good, but if you keep putting them on their heels, it's tough to win games, correct. especially on the road, right? So it's not only four turnovers, but you're on the road. And it's still night came, game. You know, it still came down to the, the last possession. They fumbled, came down to the last possession. It came down to, I don't know if you saw the Jackson kid for U of M. He catches a one toe. It, you know, yeah, that was levitates, play. dude. Levitates. Play. That was on fourth down. Yeah. If they don't score, that game's over. The game's over. They, they convert on fourth down. The nah. kid did a heck of a job. I mean, I, you can't even be upset about a catch yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, this was at the expense of both of our teams, but it was, it, was the, it was a great... My week one takeaway is college football in general is just undefeated. Undefeated. College football is so good. You know, the, the swings back and forth, the emotion. I mean, you could just watch the first drive of any game. They're so amped up. They can't, they can't even they don't even know where they're going. They, can't, they don't even know where they're, where, where they're supposed to run on their play. They're so amped up. My big takeaway from week one was that it's great to have college football back. Absolutely. At the expense of our teams. And I, I love, you know, my dad was a quarterback. Uh, he was my coach growing up. I was a quarterback through high school. I love this position. I love watching football with good quarterback play. And I was, I couldn't get enough of uh, watching Jordan Travis of Florida State. At that first, I think I tweeted, as soon as that first drive, he marched them down the field uh, against LSU. And the guy was smooth. The guy was smooth. I mean, he's like 30 years old. This is like his sixth year playing quarterback. But he was just under cool, calm, and collected. First drive of the season when you're amped up and, you know, you're, you're trying to you understand where guys are in game speed. Mm-hmm. He was cool, calm, collected, drove him right down the field. I think he's an early Heisman candidate. That was my, my takeaway from week one. Now, okay. let's talk about what we're going to do here every week. This is going to be gridiron golf. So we're each going to give you three picks every week. We're going to have a birdie pick, which is our, I, I guess, lowest conviction pick. We're going to have an eagle pick, which is our middle of the road, and then a double eagle pick. So if we get a pick right, if we get a birdie pick right, we're one under. If we get a double eagle pick right, we're three under. But if we get that pick wrong, we go on the other side of it. So if we get a birdie pick wrong, we'll go over par. If we get a double eagle pick wrong, we're going plus three. So we're going to have a scoreboard, running scoreboard all year long. And we'd love for our interact interactive, want this to be interactive. I will uh, 
uh, post these picks, and we'd like uh, our our viewers to uh, go ahead and make picks ourselves and see who we'll we'll pick three, and I'll tweet them, and we'll go ahead and and have our viewers see who can have be the best to par, best to par mm -hmm. throughout the season. So with that with that said, let's get started here. This is the birdie pick for Casey Crumwoody. Casey, who do you have for your birdie pick? Well, so one unique caveat I may add to that, David, is you and I talked about this. To the extent possible, I think we're going to try to pick our respective favorite teams as one of our respective three yep. each week. Now, there are unique twists if they have a bye week. Uh, or they're playing, playing Nichols, or if they're playing Nickel State. Yeah, FCS. I don't think we're going to learn a lot about TCU this week against Nickel State. At least I hope not. Okay, so... This is a unique pick because we got you got to see this team firsthand to the chagrin of TCU. Yeah, okay. Nebraska goes to Colorado this week. Unique that we now both probably have some sort of vested interest in that. Uh-huh. The line opened at one and a half with Nebraska favored on Sunday. It's now minus three. Three and a half. Is it three and a half? Three and a half okay, Colorado. Three and a half Colorado. Yep. I am picking. I'm going to pick Nebraska. This is a homer pick, no doubt. <laughs> For my birdie pick, I'm going Nebraska to cover. Okay. For purposes of the bet, I think they're going to win outright. I think the defense is going to raise. Okay, so this isn't a money line pick. This is just you're going to you're going to take the to points. cover. To, yep, take the points. Yep. Okay, that's your birdie pick. That's my birdie pick. Now another another part about this, you are yeah. Where are you going to be this Saturday? I'm going to be in Boulder, Colorado for the game. <laughs> How good is that? So, Big noon kickoff. You know and. <sighs> I, me and a couple other guys, we are the black kiss of death for this team when we go see them on the road. So I, my hopes are, you know, right here. But if we could do it, man, and yeah. the hype train that the the coach Prime has going right now, yeah, it's something. God, else. it would be fun to be the, the it's something else. That, you know, right? That's a tough ass, though. That's going to be a tough ass. Crowd's going to be 50 percent red, man. It the Nebraska fans travel notoriously well to that stadium in particular because okay. of the old rivalry. Um, I know Nebraska fans that have bought season tickets just to get that game. So really? They're, they're, I, I think wow. there's going to be a Husker contingent. When you look at it on TV, that's pretty cool. Wait a minute. So Nebraska Cornhusker fans are buying Colorado season Correct. tickets? Just, just for, for the one game. That's dedication. That's dedication, man. We suck at football, but we got good fans. <laughs> Great fans are terrible at the game. All right, my birdie pick is going to be uh, Florida State versus Southern Miss. I can't get enough of good quarterback play. This Jordan Travis, who I think is a uh, early Heisman contender, and he's got this uh, transfer in from Michigan State, this Keon Coleman, 6'4", catches everything. He's like you, right? He catches everything in his vicinity. And they, I mean, week one, they, they proved that they had a nice connection, good chemistry. Birdie pick, Florida State, minus 29 and a half. <laughs> I don't care, whatever. Minus 29 and a half. You know what? They might be up 28 in the last couple seconds, and they'll kick a field goal. I don't know. The, to, minus 29 and a half. I, I'm going out. There's my birdie pick. Okay? It's not my eagle pick. Speaking of, I'm going right into my eagle pick. College game day, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN is Texas at Bama. Mm -hmm. Horn Frogs, not big fans of Texas Longhorns. So I'm going to go with Saban at home, Bama, minus seven and a half. Bama minus seven and a half. Sick and tired of hearing about how good Texas is supposed to be. We hear about this every year, and they stink every year. So it's going to be the same this year. That's my eagle pick, Casey. Bama minus seven and a half at home against Texas. Okay. I like it a lot, David, because I have that in my arsenal here as well. Oh, good. So you have it at seven and a half? I do. Okay. 
I had it at seven. Okay. Let's just go seven and a half. Do we, are, are we locking in or do we go with closing spreads? That may be another little uh, asterisk we want on this. I think we go with, I mean, this is the moment in time, though, that we made the pick. I know. Right? So I think we almost have to. We have to. Okay. I mean, let's say, let's say you're at a window, right? Let's say you're at a betting window and you make a bet, right? It's in. It's locked in. So we're, we're locking and we'll make uh, the viewers who want to get involved with this. We're going off of the line that we're speaking of right now on the okay, pod. Perfect. Well, so that would be my eagle pick as well, Dave. I'm going, it's at Bama. If there's a, I, if there's a coach, arguably in the history of football, that I would want in prime time in a big game, it's Nick Saban. Tough so, place to play. They're yep. used to winning, and uh, Bama likes to get up for big games. And this is a big game at home, night game. I mean, that's just gosh, it's good to have college football back. It's gonna it's be a fun one game. to watch. All right, let me now. This is the big one. Mine is double eagle pick. Yeah, right. Double eagle pick. This is the swinger. Like plus three, minus three on this deal. Uh, let me hear it. Let me hear the double eagle pick. Okay. The wild CRG oh. double eagle pick is? This is a little bit off the beaten path. I understand that. I'm going to err on the side of offenses taking a few weeks to maybe get to where they need to be. Okay. The spread, the last I saw on Troy, K-State. All right. I'm a K-State fan. Okay. I'm subtly high on Troy. That's a little bit of a sleeper team, and that's off the... Off the beaten path, right? Troy. They were returning Sun Belt champions. I am going with Troy to cover 16 and a half against okay. K-State. Very good. Double eagle okay. pick, 16 and a half. Troy to 16 cover. 16 and a half is the last I saw. Is that in Manhattan? It's in Manhattan, yep. It's going to be in the heat. Troy's used to the heat. Okay. I like it. Double it's eagle kind pick. of obscure. Right? It is obscure. I like. Well, hey, you got to dig deep. <laughs> we're, we're not designing buildings right now. No. We're picking Troy. Exactly. 16 and a half to cover. Now, here's my double eagle pick. I'm going back to Boulder, Colorado. Okay. And even though I wanted to, I couldn't do it to my guy. So I'm not doing it. What I'm going to go with is the over 57 and a half. Okay. That's my double eagle pick, Colorado and Nebraska, over 57 and a half. Now, Nebraska didn't really show much offensively. But Colorado, with Sanders at the helm, and a guy that plays two ways. Have you yeah, seen that? I mean, Travis Hunter. Unbelievable. Hey, dude, in scorching heat that he managed to do that. Impressive. It is incredible. Yeah, so I have over 57 and a half. Colorado looked like a Big 12 team a year early, right, last week. Uh, they were not afraid of a track meet in the heat down at TCU. I think they're just going to keep scoring points. Uh, they're going to air it out. They're going to play with a lot of confidence. They're going to be at home. I mean, just, to, just for the college football atmosphere, that's going to be a fun game to watch. But I think they're going to air it out, score a lot of points, get that home crowd Fired up for Coach Prime's first home game over 57 and a half. That is my double eagle pick on the wild CRG architecture and construction. Gridiron golf. This is cool, man. Yeah, this dude. Is great. All so, right. So let's get some back. Before we close down the podcast, let's get some background on, on you. Where are you from? And uh, talk about your family. We, we have big families. We see each other at the lake every now and then when I can sneak away, when we can sneak away from work. Yep. Uh, we're just in that, we're in that prime time of life, man. We're blocking and tackling kids. Talk about your family a little bit. Yeah. So, well, like you said, we, we graduated high school, uh, together. We grew up together. Ultimately ended up, we played against each other for a lot of Our years. Our moms have coffee together Our moms every have Tuesday. Coffee together. They just solve everything. Oh, you know, ultimately <laughs> played together. I think, you know, enjoyed the camaraderie of, of that play golf together once in a while. We have kids about the same age. I've got three young kids. Dave's got three. Yep. You've got three. So, yeah. Um, 
Names, it, ages? Names, eight. Yep, we got Clara, who's seven. We got Tommy, who's five, and Waylon, who's three. Cool. So life is busy. Yeah. Uh, you know, my folks are still around in the area. My dad has roots in coaching like your your dad did. They coach against each other, you know, and uh, so, yeah, football's been a large part of my life. He coached high school football at Moorhead High for a lot of years, and, and they'd go down to the team camp in Lincoln, and that's what got him into Husker football. Well, he was coaching your FM athletics teams, yep. wasn't it? Yeah. Yep, correct. And, and that's what got him into football and then into Husker football, I should say. And then so, obviously, I was kind of born into it. Yeah. And, I, and obviously, a good era of Husker football to be born, born into. For sure. But, but Frazier? Oh, shoot. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, why am I blanking on the, the name of the coach? My gosh. Tom Osborne. There you go. Tom Osborne. I remember the days where it was uh, the big rivalry was Nebraska, Oklahoma. Yep. Right? Yeah, it used to be. I I don't remember these games specifically, but it used to be a um, Black Friday game. And then Ohio State and Michigan would come on before or after. And, you know, for me, it's always kind of been, um, well, I haven't got to enjoy the success that they had at yeah. that point. So are the boy are the are, are the kids are they well first of all your wife is she a Cornhusker fan? Yeah, she's, she's a Bison. Board. She's right? on board. She's, but she's, she's a Bison. Yeah, she's she and so am I. You know, I'm an alumnus of NDSU. I gotta absolutely support the Bison 100. percent And I and I do too. Can I, let me ask: Are, are you? Uh, we need the Bison to get up to another level, don't we? Or what I'm do you of think? the opinion we do. Yeah, I, I really am. Um, for multitude of reasons that we could talk about later too, but I, I think it feels like with NIL and what's happening right now, it feels like kind of the beginning of the end of the NCAA mm -hmm. at that level. Mm -hmm. So, what's the move for the rest of these teams? You know, stuck in a purgatory, right? Yeah. To me, it's they're going to get their guys plucked every year, right? Right. So, the, in my opinion, there, there's got to be an echelon of teams like NDSU that could play that maybe doesn't make the Big Ten or. You know what's going to be the power three conferences however this kind of transcends but i think there would be a really good niche for them. and there's still a room for great culture on a team mm -hmm. and ndsu has always had great culture mm -hmm. family ton and, of fan support yeah they've had very good monetary uh support you know i think nil could be big here if pursued yeah but big. until but until that time happens it we're, we're starting to realize that the, the the loyalty and the family it's Guys are going to go where they have the best right, opportunity, right. and that's tough to take. That is a and, tough realization to take, and just be like, "Hey, this is a new world." At least at this level, it, we're going to we're going to get fleeced every. We have guys yeah. that want to go to the next level. We're seeing it right now. Yeah, you know, you're seeing it, and in my opinion, some of the transfers, and I don't mean this to be um, condescending per se or disparaging about some of the schools that they've transferred to, but you put this team on the field with a Colorado State or Coastal yeah. Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the grass even isn't the grass isn't greener. Uh, argument doesn't always resonate with a 19, 20 year old. Correct. Right. Yeah. And that's a tough okay. ask. Yep. That's a tough no, ask to talk to them and uh, you know level with them and and, and the kid the kids they're going to do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I get back to your kids. Are they are they are the kids Husker fans? Yeah, I'm working on it. I mean, they're watching <laughs> football. I mean, they're, they're definitely watching, watching football. They're watching Husker games. <laughs> they want to hang out with dad for three and a half hours during a game. And if if mom lets me watch the Husker game, it, might, it better involve some parenting. <laughs> so, oh, there's, they're there's close, stipulations. Yeah. Yeah. Are there stipulations. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Well, this has been fun, man. We're gonna do it uh, every week. We're gonna get uh, the birdie eagle and double eagle pick on the wild CRG architecture and construction picks. 
Let's see how we do week one. Let's see how we do week one. Yep. You and I off camera. We will pick the three uh, picks that our viewers can go off of to uh, go ahead and get on the scoreboard with us. See if you're going to finish the season over par or under par. Casey? Did hey, man. You, this was awesome, man. This is great. One question I was going to ask. Did yeah. you have any honorable mentions there that, that made your list? There was uh, one other game I was eyeing as a game I'm intrigued by. Tell me. Truly yeah. have no idea how it's going to go. But the Iowa-Iowa State, the Cyhawk rivalry. Okay. What did you think of that one? I didn't look at it. So Wait, where, where is it at? I think it opened at Iowa minus four games at at Iowa at uh, Iowa State. Iowa State, and I think Iowa State knocked them off a year ago, like in a close, just three yards cloud of dust thing, like a ten nine, yeah, or a twelve eleven. So know. they're dogs at home. Iowa, Iowa State State's is, dogs yeah, at home. I yeah. love dogs at home. Yeah, in right. an emotional rivalry game. Absolutely. Okay, sleeper. Yeah. Should we throw that we could, one? We could have a, a sleeper or, or a. We can come up with some moniker for it. Should we have a sleeper? Like <clears throat> should, we could use that as one of the three for the viewers. Yeah, yeah. Let's use a sleeper, and then one of either TCU or uh, Nebraska, and then we'll do one of the other ones. Okay. So let's decide the ones that the the viewers are going to pick. Let's go Texas and Bama, right? Yeah. Texas and Bama will be the viewers' birdie pick. Okay. Colorado. No, 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 no. Texas. Okay. The sleeper, the sleeper, Iowa State, Iowa will be the birdie pick. All right. And it, and we're going to set that at four and a half, Iowa State. Is that what it says on yours? What does it say on yours? I have four. Four. Fine. Four, yeah. four Iowa State, getting four at home. That's going to be the birdie pick for the viewers. The eagle pick for the viewers is going to be Texas at Bama, Bama minus seven and a half. All right. And then obviously the double eagle pick has to be Colorado. Okay. Minus three and a half with Nebraska. Okay. So we have Iowa, Iowa State is the birdie pick. We have Texas and Bama as the eagle pick and Colorado, Nebraska as the double eagle pick for the viewers. And we'll get on the scoreboard. This is going to be week round one. Round one of, well, gosh, at least 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the wild CRG architecture and construction <laughs> gridiron golf. I love it. Casey, thanks for being on the Hole in One Show. This is going to be fun every me, week, bud. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Folks, thanks for being with us on this episode of the Hole in One Show podcast. It was great to have, again, Gabe and Nate in, in uh, segment one and then Casey here in segment two. We're going to have fun with this football all season long, and let's see how we do. Let's see where we're out on the scoreboard after week one. Hole in One Show, next qualifier is going to be Tuesday, September 12th at Sweet Shots from 3 to 6. And the final last chance public qualifier will be Thursday, September 4th at Leonard Country Club from 3 to 6. And we are filming Season 5 of the Hole in One Show on Sunday, September 17th on the 7th hole at the beautiful Fargo Country Club. Come on out. Try and qualify to be on the show. Play for your favorite charity. And we'll see you next week on the Hole in One Show podcast. <laughs>